Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Barry Rice. Hey, everybody. It's so good to be back here with you. And Pete Robertson. Hello, hello, hello. How you guys doing this week? I'm doing great because I'm wearing flowers. <laughs> Why are you wearing flowers, Because Pete? you guys are wearing flowers. I wore a flower. It's the first week of spring. It seemed like the right thing to do. I didn't have a flower on. And then I didn't you have guys another were... shirt that was clean. Is that what you're <laughs> Well, you guys came with flowers, and then I realized I didn't have a flower. Right? So I went and got a flower. So if you're not watching us on YouTube, you're missing out on the flower shirt. So you, And plus, you, you don't out. get to see an right? incredible, handsome guy you, like me. Well, yeah, that's, that's true. We, we are three guys with faces <laughs> for radio. No doubt about it. Pete, speaking of that, Pete, why are you wearing a hat today? Oh, you're going to let me talk about my hair? Well, I'm just curious about the hat. I don't really, really care about your hair. Well, that's the reason why I'm wearing a hat. Is it? Yeah, because I have long hair. Oh. And well, my hair is out of control. Get it cut. And I need a shorter hair. You need a nice, nice tight, high and tight like, like Next, Pastor Barry over there. Yes. You guys have good looking hair. I cut hair. my hair like Jackson. That's what I do. You guys look sharp. Jackson is a handsome little dude. That's his little man. Yeah. Yeah, his little man. He's six now. Do you know that? Yeah. Yeah. He is amazing. He is amazing. He, is, he let me pull his tooth the other day. What? Yep, he sure did. That was the first. That so what's stud? the going rate for the tooth fairy nowadays? It's $5. Yeah. <laughs> In our household, it's $5. Yes, yes ladies and gentlemen, middle. inflation is everywhere. <laughs> it's the same cost as gas. <laughs> A tooth for a gallon of gas. Maybe in Florida. Yeah. Not in California. Oh. I just I saw the other day seven fifteen just for regular. That's insane. And it was close to eight just for premium. Well, you know that gas station just north of the airport that's always the highest one. Yeah. You know, up on summer. I saw it yeah. was five ninety nine the other day. Really? Five ninety nine. Well, you, you know why Tom Brady went back to playing football again? Because of the gas prices. <laughs> <laughs> the Bucks fans are happy. That's I, for sure. I heard so many people say with Don Brady, the, he sat home with, with two with the weeks, kids. Yeah, with the kids for two months. <laughs> And he's like, nah, it's not going to work. I saw a meme on that. He said it's, he, he realized it was it was easier to get hit by 300-pound linemen than to take care of three kids during the day. Anybody that doesn't know, Tom Brady is a NFL quarterback. He plays football here in America. And yeah. So, yeah, he's a big deal. He's probably the best quarterback. The guy that's the ball. He is the GOAT. Yeah. The GOAT. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he's yeah, the best Greatest of all time. Yeah. Last week, but last week we said John the Baptist was the GOAT. Yeah, from the biblical perspective, that's what Jesus called him. But you know, in in the in the worldly terms of the NFL, we'll give Tom Brady the go. Well, we had a fun week. We had Tuesday night. We had tornadoes and lightning and all kinds of crazy weather. And then we decided to go get on a boat in the morning. Yeah, that was so much fun. It was fun. It was fun hanging out with you guys. Yeah, we were like bunker hunkering down because tornadoes were coming across over us. Yep. And then we got up the next morning and went down to Miami area <laughs> and went and went deep sea fishing. And we, all of us, we all got to go. We yeah. were celebrating what? Somebody's birthday. Yeah. We actually sang you happy birthday the week before, Barry, and you weren't on the show. So we actually sang it on the actual show. It's true. Show. That's yeah. awesome. Because yeah. it was your birthday. We recorded Thank you. Thank you're, you're welcome. Yeah. So it's always there So now you know we haven't listened to last week's show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. It hasn't made it to the top yet. So what was your highlight to the to the hanging out on the boat? It had a nice boat. That was um, an awesome boat. It was, yeah, yeah. It was big. Big was, boat. I don't know. Um, I mean, the fumes inside kind of got me a little high, but it was a good boat. I didn't. I didn't notice them at all. You didn't? No, it was oh, fine. I get it. it yeah. got a little rough there when when our, all of our phones went off, warning us about tornadoes. Yeah, and they, the seas started to get a little rough. Yeah, I was, was having flashbacks of Gilligan's Island. I'm like, you three hour tour. 
That would have well, been. Well, thank the Lord, we were only two miles offshore, so that's right. it wasn't we too could, bad. That's true. And we were all actually talking. Okay, could we make it if we had the swim? <laughs> can we, we swim? Are, that's that was right. part of the conversation. <laughs> and then I pick up a. Um, a cushion pad that was supposed to be our life vest. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was looking at the coolers. I'm yeah. thinking, there's no way I'm doing this on my own. I'm grabbing that cooler, man. That's what's getting me over there. Right. Well, you wouldn't have had to worry about getting bit by any fish because there weren't any in the ocean that day. And there was definitely none biting. <laughs> well, I did see one sailfin jump. So that was the only... Our... Well, we saw flying fish. Going oh, yeah, out. we saw we a bunch of flying, flying fish. fish. Yeah, that was it. And our bait was like living fish. Yeah, we paid like a you know a hundred dollars a fish to go a dozen. Yeah, I mean a <laughs> hundred and twenty is what it was. Was it just me or did that feel like a scam? Oh, you? that was a little high. Yeah, yeah, that was just a bit inflated. <laughs> Inflation got the best of us in fishing. Yeah, I think a couple of us thought the uh, the actual captain was a little high. Yeah, he. They were. We were wondering what he was doing, and sometimes we would only put like one. We would only have one fish there in the water There were six of times. us fishing. Six yeah. of us. Yeah, we only had one fish in the water. One line like, in the water. What's going on? We need more lines in the water, man. We're here to fish. I didn't know what was going on. I, I just kept thinking he was a lot like Sergeant Dan. Yeah? Why? You know, L- Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant. Yeah, that Demoted guy. Demoted him. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Mr. Dan, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, he, he he's like the guy up on top of the very top of the boat during the storm. I mean, he didn't, he didn't care. Yeah, he, didn't he just care. stayed up there the Y'all whole time. Y'all can if you want. I'm not going down. Yeah, his deckhand, Matt, did everything. Yeah, yeah. He, he even took his flip-flops off and just put his feet up. Did he, he really? Did. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He sure did. Yeah, he, he sure enjoyed did. his time watching us suffer. I love a good Forrest Gump <laughs> analogy. Those are always, always timely. It was an awesome time, though. We got to hang out before. We got to eat together for lunch and really cool place, cool vibe. It was. Yep. And then uh, we got to talk and fellowship. And so, that, I mean, overall, I was just so grateful. I was just praising the Lord, saying, thank you, God, for friends. I, I thought you were praising the Lord and thanking God that you made it home. Well, that too. Oh, do we oh, want to go there? Uh, no. Sure. <laughs> no, no, no. He brought it don't, up. Don't, don't tell on Jeremiah. <laughs> he, you know what? He, he admitted he hasn't listened in a while. So we could probably talk about him. He wouldn't oh. even know it. Well, oh, friend, you know, everybody else at the men's breakfast would tell him. Our friend Jeremiah drove us home. And let's oh, just say we were praying, Bob and I, the whole uh, way home. Driving may not be the right word. It was more like f- flew us home. You yeah, know how state troopers will not mess with uh, the the motorcycles that are the crotch rockets? Because they can't catch them? Because they can't catch them. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one fifteen is a little excessive, right? Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, I mean, we didn't, you know, careful. There could be. Well, I think at one fifteen, the tires are actually uh, touching the road, right? But maybe, <laughs> maybe it was um, that was some crazy stuff. Well, what happened? We had there was a little white car decided to pass us, and Jeremiah was having none of it. <laughs> it tried to catch up to him. It was nuts. Did it wasn't you, just the one white car. It no. was all the cars, and it was swerving <laughs> in between the cars. Was well, I the only one that kissed the ground when we got out I of the car? I asked Bob, I said, is this normal? And he goes, I have no idea. I've never been in a car with him before. And I was like, oh. Everybody knows that the Florida Turnpike is an Autobahn. Oh, it, it wow. Was, it was last week. Oh, it, there was a difference, though. So we didn't see hardly any cops on the Autobahn no. as we did on the 95. There, when we went down, there Just was a the lot. one. That's yeah. why the people pay $300 to drive on the right? Turnpike. We we did go buy one doing like ninety five and the guy didn't even look. I was like, I don't I don't know what's going on. It's safe to say that we did feel safe and secure when he was going one hundred fifteen. <laughs> he was we we were in a Lincoln Navigator. It was a nice car. It had good fat tires. It's white. So the license plate number is. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
So from that perspective, uh, mercy. I, we're giving Are, are we doing a show today? Yeah, we probably should. Yeah. You know, we like, should probably pray first, though. You want to, oh, I'll pray. Yeah, why don't you do that? Help us, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Please. Your baby Jesus. No, we can't do that, right? That's uh, the Christmas show. All right, get it together. <laughs> Lord, we just love you. We praise you. Absolutely. And God, I love laughing. I love that you've given us the, the, the opportunity to be able to just have fun with each other and to be able to... Um, just joke around and, and Lord, we do love Jeremiah immensely and, yes. and God, we weren't, uh, you know, speaking negative of the, he's our brother and we just, uh, deeply care about him and just Lord continue to bless him. And Lord, we just thank you for this uh, show. We thank you for what we get to talk about Lord, uh, the Samaritan woman and, and Lord, just prejudice and, and, and patience and, you know, all of those, uh, things that we deal with every single day. And God, I just pray that you would open our hearts and our minds now to be able to receive it, to be able to hear it, to be able to understand it. And I pray that you would bring to mind things in our own life that uh, we need to confess and to, to, to be transformed by. And so, Lord, I thank you. So, Lord, speak now. May your truth prevail and may you speak to each one of our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Right. So, show title, Prejudice, Prejudice, easy for me to say, and Patience. Yeah. So. In the next two podcasts, we will cover John 4. In this chapter, we will see Jesus minister to a number of people, the sinful Samaritan woman, his own disciples, and many Samaritans who trusted in him, and finally, a nobleman and his household. What did all these people have in common? It was their faith in Jesus. What we will see in in this chapter is John fulfilling the purpose of his gospel by showing his readers how various kinds of classes of people came to believe in Jesus as the Son of God. This week we will meet the woman at the well. We will discover how her faith began, how it grew, and what it did for her and others around her. Yeah, so basically we're picking up uh, where we left off uh, last week in our podcast. Remember the the Pharisee um, were trying to incite competition between Jesus and John the Baptist followers. So remember that whole, we talked about how John the Baptist, you know, humbled himself. John the Baptist recognized his role, recognized what his purpose was. He decreased and he increased and he wanted Jesus to, to have all the limelight. And so we talked about that. So this week we're going to pick up with Jesus leaving the scene. So I'm guessing that he's like, Dude, I, I'm done with all of this drama. I'm out of here. I'm done with this. You know, you guys go ahead and do your thing. I'm, I got a purpose. I'm, I'm going to leave. So he leaves the scene. He's he's heading north. He's going towards Galilee. This sets up what what we're gonna what we're reading. And then as we uh, keep in mind that he could have taken one of three possible routes. He could have went the coast across the Jordan, and then maybe up through Pera or straight through Samaria. So he chose to go through Samaria. So that's where we're going to read today that he went straight up Samaria. Um, and so we're going to try to uncover why. Why was that a big deal? So that wasn't the normal path that you would no, take to Galilee? they would never, ever go to Samaria straight up. That's They would not do it. So let's just let's read and we'll uncover why and, and kind of dig into this a little bit. All right. If you're not driving, yeah. open up your Bibles to John chapter 4. ESV is what we're going to be using. All right. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples... He left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pa- had to pass through a town, th- or had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. 
A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, Jew, you a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Hallelujah. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. I bet so. So that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What do you what you have said is true? The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You will worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. Wow. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking uh, talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking to her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were, and were coming to him. Wow. And you're talking about nuggets. I mean, this. I mean, these verses are just filled with just so much. I mean, craziness. All right, so let's just dive in. So, um, I, I, I mean, here we we talked about he left. So Jesus is leaving Jerusalem, and in what we see here is kind of a divine appointment. So he's like, you know, I have, you know, I'm going to go to Samaria. I'm going to set a statement precedent. I'm going to tell my disciples that I actually, I'm going to, there was a show. I'm back. Let me back up. I know I'm confusing everybody. There was a show in, uh, uh, called the chosen. And one of the things he talked to his disciples about before he went to Samaria, he says, listen, get used to doing things that are not normal, right? Get used to doing things that are different. And, and I can see him saying that to these, to his disciples again, they'll be like, wait, why are we going to Samaria? Why are we going up that way? What is that all about? And, and what Jesus was telling them is, listen, I'm about my father's business. Hmm. I have a purpose. I have a calling. I have, I have a direction that God wants me to go. And so we are heading up to Samaria to meet with this woman. So that's, that's kind of what I see in that part. 
Um, you know, God wanted, uh, God wanted this woman to know him and to help start a revival amongst his people. I see that. I mean, he had a purpose. If, if God is going to show up to us, if God is going to meet me on my road to Damascus or whatever that is, there's a purpose behind it. He has a, he has a calling for my life and he has a direction that he wants me to go. And so that's kind of the big picture that I see. I don't know, Barry. You know, it, it blows my mind, Pete and Bob, that, that Jesus would say in this passage that I have to go. He had an appointment in time that he wanted to invade this woman's life. And I just can't wait till we get to it about, you know, what he had to overcome in her life to be there and just what they had between each other. uh, You know, it's just amazing what Jesus was willing to do. You know, uh, I think about David saying, I'll become even more undignified than this. Mm. I'll dance before the Lord naked. Mm. You know, Mm. Jesus broke through every, there is no excuse. Well, God can't love me. Well, you tell that to the Samaritan woman because he overcame every barrier that anybody could ever have. Mm. And what a powerful passage this is. Mm. And I want to ask you. What, what appointments have you had with the Lord that he went out of his way to meet with you? And then mm. what appointments have he set with you that you needed to go out of your way? You know, mm. I started looking at interruptions and trips and stuff like that, that God had a divine appointment for yeah, me. That's good. You know, when a tire blows out, when 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 a kid gets sick and he's got to go to the bathroom, what what when we're out and about and we're doing the things that we're doing, what divine interruptions and appointments does God make for us? Think about that today. Yeah. It's so good. I remember talking to my dad. I was went to California two weeks ago and I said, dad, I said, you don't, you're, you're here, but you have a purpose. You have a divine appointment. I said, you know, you have the opportunity to witness and to share with these nurses all the time. And I know you're here because you're sick. I know you're here for that, but there's a, you have an opportunity to be able to shine a light. Why don't you give us some reference? Some yeah, history reference to because we say really yeah. we say this almost every week. We're like context matters, yeah, right? So, let's so let me give you a little history context. The Orthodox Jews avoided Samaria because there was a long-standing, deep-seated hatred between hatred between them and the Samaritans. The Samaritans were a mixed race, part Jew, part Gentile, that grew out of the Assyrian captivity of the north of the ten northern tribes in seventeen or seven twenty-seven B.C. The Samaritans were rejected by the Jews because they could not prove their genealogy. The Samaritans needed to establish their own temple and religious services on on Mount Gerasim. Yeah, so they believed that, uh, so after Babylon, okay, after the Jews were taken to to Babylon, um, the Assyrians came down, the Assyrians took over the northern region. And when they started coming back into the region, and, you know, it's a big deal for the Jews to marry other Jews, the other tribes or whatever. But they decided that they wanted to go ahead and marry the Assyrians. They wanted to go ahead and have kids with the Assyrians. That's a big no-no. That's like, the, you don't do that. And so this hatred, that's where it started because um, the Jews were big in genealogy. They, I mean, that's, I mean, you study, you know, Matthew 1. Right. You have the genealogy from the beginning <laughs> all the way up. You know exactly who begot who. Right. And so now that that line has been broken with the genealogy with the with the Samaritans. So they're they're a little bitter. And then not only that, they believe that the temple is supposed to be on Mount Gerizim, where the Jews believe that they're supposed to be down in Jerusalem, 
Well, Jesus settled that argument. He went straight up to her and he told her, no, salvation comes from the Jews, not from the Samaritans. And so he kind of put that, he put that to bed right there. And so she's like, wait, what? You know, I mean, she's listening to this and he's just truth bombing her. And he's like, no, nah, let me just set this right. You know, and so that's kind of what's that. But the big thing here is, is the, you know, there's, there's this extreme prejudice, extreme. I mean, hatred, extreme. Pete, have you ever experienced that yourself, man? Have you ever extreme experienced the type of hatred that stood between the Jews and the Samaritans? Is can you bring anything up to? Yeah, that's a good question. And and I was we were talking about this before. I mean, I was trying to search my own heart. I know that I've been prejudiced in my past. I know that I have. I know that I have like bitterness towards people. I know that there's things in me, you know, that has been ingrained from my childhood. Um, or habits or things that I've just seen things. I mean, it's like, I guess I, the way that I can relate to this is if, um, if I have, we'll just talk about this. Remember when, um, magic Johnson came out with HIV, we talked about this a little bit of it. And when he came out, then there was something inside of us like, Oh my gosh, you know, that's going to kill you. We can't have anything to do with that. And I could catch that. Right. Yeah. So that would cause the stir in your heart without you even realizing that it's that it's causing a prejudice or it's causing a hatred or it's causing a bitterness or something in it because you you don't you see that you see it as negative. You see it as it's not right. Same thing with the Jews, with the Samaritans. They did it, but it just grew even more. And they just they became so bitter, so hate that they wouldn't even want to be in the same area or same arena with them. You know, I didn't think about this, but I only experienced that type of hate one time, and it was at my pastor's death. Mm. There was a a radical church that was against Dr. Falwell, Dr. Jerry Falwell, and they stood across the road at his funeral, and they held up signs of hate towards him. And this, they would call themselves a church. I wouldn't. And uh, we 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 uh, were forewarned that they were coming, so there all the Oh, Dr. Falwell was loved by this group of bikers that was like 400 bikers, and they lined the parking lot. And just to make a statement that we honor this man, but, you know, they held up signs of Satan raping. Oh, my God. Now, that's that's the type of hate that we're talking about here. They They would pray in the temple that God would not answer the Samaritan's prayer. I... Guys, and that they would not be forgiven of their sins. Think about the depth of that hate. Yeah. And and Jesus invades that type of culture. And and he shows his disciples. And and I didn't think about this too. We kind of were preparing for the show, but I was wondering, why would Jesus send his disciples away to go get some food? Yeah, yeah. And he tells them, I've already ate. I, I got food you don't understand, right? <laughs> and and he takes this such a intimate time with this woman and then they come back and they they see it already happening and and he i think it's because he knew he would be embarrassed by his disciples yeah and that this woman mm. would not be open to the message of the gospel the way he wanted to present to him and you know uh, man looks on the outward appearance but god looks at the heart and yeah. i don't know what part of the world you come from. I don't know what race you are part. I don't know how you have been persecuted in your past, but I'm going to tell you right now, God has a, a divine appointment with you and he must go out of his way. And I cannot think of a more of a way to go out of your way than to carry your cross. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, I'm just, you know, I, 
I've even had heard people that are so radical that they say, well, the Bible really demeans women, right? Yeah, that's nuts. Dude, Jesus had to go out of his way to meet with this woman. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, we need to talk about that not even the women would meet with this woman. Yeah, right. Yeah. She went at noon to that water hole so that she would not be confronted with her sin. And that was the appointment that Jesus had. Oh, what a powerful passage. I mean, in the light of Christ, and when we compare ourselves to Christ, we are this women. There's there's so much corruption. There's so much evil that's within our hearts. There's so many things that we have done that is in complete rebellion against the holiness and the righteousness of God. And, and Jesus in that still meets us and still comes to talk to us. So this lady is is a whore basically she's had five husbands she's she's the worst of the worst she has to come at noon she can't hang out with her own people she's hated by the jews um all the men look at women as as dirt they don't look at especially the jewish women of samaritan they just you know and especially a rabbi like jesus there's no way you're gonna ever find your be found with this woman the, the disciples' heads are probably spinning. This guy just flips us out. We don't even understand. You know, yeah. Until later, they understood. But right at this moment, they're just not comprehending this. They probably have bitterness. They probably have the hatred. They probably have all of that. And like you said, Barry, he sent them away because they probably would have said stupid things. Yeah. They wouldn't have even understood it. I would have probably. Yeah. And so here's here's Jesus. You got to understand. So here's Jesus going out of his way to meet her and to love her. And because he knew that, there was something great that's going to happen through her. And that's the same that he's saying to every one of us. There is something great that God wants to do through you. And and, and this is her story. And many of us have our own story. But the, the bottom line is we're going to work through this. The bottom line is she had to get to that place of total surrender. She had to get to that place and say, Jesus, I need you. And, and, and so we're going to kind of work through that. But that's the ultimate what's going to happen. And that's what God's going to ask of us as well. Bob, can can you bring into the conversation at this point that nobody, no 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 matter where you're from, whether you're a priest like Chapter yeah. Three Nicodemus right. or a prostitute like uh, the Samaritan woman, everybody has to get past their sin. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, that, that's really what hit me, Barry, as I was preparing for this. Is uh, a couple of weeks ago we talked about Nicodemus, and Nicodemus was, if you guys remember, was he, he's like. The holy of holies, right? <laughs> I mean, he's like, if if anybody could earn their way to heaven, this guy could do it, right? He was a church he poster, the poster, poster he was a, child. A church poster child. <laughs> That's right. And and so Jesus meets with him. You know what just hit me? When did Jesus meet with Nicodemus? He meets with Nicodemus in the middle of the night, the guy that's holy, right? That thinks he's holy and he can earn, earn his way. The person that's full of sin, he meets in broad daylight. I don't know. That's weird. In the middle of nowhere. Again. So they're like <laughs> yeah, extreme I opposites, right? It's because Nicodemus was embarrassed to meet with Jesus. Or I think yeah. it's just because it, it was so busy during the day, he tried to get a quiet time and one-on-one with him. Right. 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 Maybe, maybe. maybe. I, don't know. <laughs> I think maybe he was afraid to be seen with a younger, a younger teacher. I don't we know. Don't know. We don't know. There's no, two sides of that. We're just guessing. But yeah, that that's what kind of hit me, Barry, is, you know, we got two stories here that are back to back in John. And it's one is just the religious of religious. You know, the guy does everything by the book, everything he's supposed to do. And then you have an, the sinner on the opposite end of the spectrum. And, and those are the two people that Jesus seeks out. I think what he's trying to teach us here is we all need Jesus. Nobody, nobody is too good to not need Jesus. 
and nobody is too far gone to not to not need Jesus. Let so. me read this real quick by E.V. Hill. I don't know if anybody knows E.V. Hill out there, but I, that guy ministers to me like no other. But he said this. He's dead now, but um, he was from. He's a uh, he's a pastor in the hood in Los Angeles. The blood in the crypts. That that was his domain. So he said. Um, was uh, Hill was asked once if he thought Jesus was Caucasian as depicted in the paintings. This was his reply. I don't know anything about, about a white Jesus. I know about Christ, a savior named Jesus. I don't know what color he was, but he was, he was born in the brown Middle East. He fled to black Africa and he was in heaven before the gospel got to the white Europe. So I don't know what color he is. I do know one thing. If you bow at the altar with with color on your mind, you will get with color. You will get up with color on your mind. Go back again and keep going back until you no longer look at his color, but at his greatness and his power, his power to save you. Oh, and so that kind of cuts through the the prejudice right there, and just get it get it done. That was good. Amen. Well, good stuff. Well, let's unpack uh, this discussion between Jesus and this woman. As we go through this, notice how her knowledge of him increases until she acknowledges that he is Christ. There are four stages to her to her experience with Jesus. In verses 7 through 10, we see the first one of those. She immediately sees Jesus as a Jew. So if we read verse 7 through 10. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, a, I think we'll just recap on that. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy Chick-fil-A. The Samaritan woman said to him... Or something equivalent. Well, it wasn't Sunday. They were open. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Distraction. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? Is that it? Well, no. well yeah, more parentheses. For oh. Jews had no dealings with Samaritans, but we talked about that. The Jews to... hated the Samaritans. And then Jesus yeah. answers her and says, If you knew the gift of God and... Who it is who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Okay, so again, we're talking about, so this is now God dealing with us. So we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're using the Samaritan woman to be able to speak to our hearts so we can understand this. So when God meets us, I when Barry, you asked, what is your day that Jesus met you? I remember my day. I, I know it very clearly where God showed up and he says, hey, Pete, it's time to do things differently. Will you trust me? And I had to work through that, right? And so here's this Samaritan woman, Jesus meeting her, and she's going to have to work through that. So this is the process. So every one of us can relate to this. Every one of us, if you're honest with yourself, God has met you. And then some of us might have said, yeah, I surrendered that for a moment, but then we might have went right back into living the lifestyle like the Samaritan instead of completely being transformed and changed where the whole, uh, you know, all of our friends and everybody around us were saved or where Jesus's name was proclaimed to everybody. You know, that that's really, I mean, that's what we're asking. That's what we're saying right here. So if, you know, that's what we're looking at. So here, here's the first experience. She's seeing Jesus as the Jew. She recognizes right away. Okay. You're not a Samaritan. Why the heck are you meeting out here in the middle of nowhere? Who is, why is all this around? Why are you asking me for water? You don't talk to Samaritans. You don't, you shouldn't even be dealing with me. And so I'm taking it that you're a Jew. So she's working the process. And so she's identifying who this is, you know? And so like, same thing with us, Jesus shows up, you have to identify, okay, you know, are you, are you this God or whatever? You don't have intimate relation with him. You just know, you know about Jesus, you know about who he is, you know, the Bible stories, you know, all of that. So you're working it in your mind. What's going on here? And Jesus is meeting her right where she's at. Thoughts? Yeah. I, I think she's trying to uh, comfort the blow. 
because every time she goes to this this pool this well that she goes to and and i think it's very strategic that she's choosing high noon the hottest point of the day that there's nobody else there because i think the samaritan women have run her off and you know why they ran her off because she slept with their husbands Okay, let's just get real and let's just do there. Let's just go there. And then why why would she ask Jesus this question? How can you talk to me even though a Jew? I, I think she feels judged by all of society and she's asking, what's your story? Why are you here? What's going on? You know, you're a Jew. You've got everything going for you. I, I'm just this, this no-name no nothing of a Samaritan woman that is shunned by everybody. And Man, but it it reveals the story and the heart behind Jesus because he says, if you only knew my heart, if you only knew who really it was that was talking to you, if you only knew that those things really don't matter in the kingdom of God, what your bloodline is, what your social status is, what, what your past looks like. If you only knew who you were talking about, you wouldn't worry about who who the status was and your status. Man, that's just that's just the way I see it. It just we got to get past the stereotype. You, I mean, you heard this: don't judge a book by the cover. Yeah. We got to get past that. I mean, it's the we can be talking to somebody that's that just got out of jail for murder, whatever. They've raped four women, whatever. Something extraordinary, something bad. We can we can talk to a woman that's had six husbands and has been in and out of the jail or has HIV or has something that's messed up. We have no idea what God is doing. We have no idea. And so Jesus speaks through us. He wants us to be obedient in adjusting our lives, to go out of our way sometimes to speak to these type of people, to be able to share his love and his truth. And and he demonstrated it here. He showed us what we're supposed to do. And at the same time, if we really are honest with ourselves, as I said earlier, we're this women as well. We're messed up as well. And he went out of his way to meet us, to share with us. And so it's, this is a big deal. So this is, I mean, not only did he, not only was she as a woman, because that again was taboo. That was a big deal. But, and he put women on, he valued women. He valued the woman, but he just goes, I mean, this is just huge. I mean, that he looks past the religion. He looks past the sin. He looks past all of this bitterness and hatred that everybody's got up. And he just says, I just love you. I just want to give you living water. I just want to bless you abundantly more than you think you can imagine. That's what he's saying to each of us. That's what he wants us to say to each person we talk to. Yeah, that's good. I, you know, there's a there's a popular song out right now called "Woman at the Well." I don't know if you've heard it, but it in the in the song it says that I am I am the woman at the well, and it's that's so true. I think so from her perspective. I think she's shocked. Like, why is there a guy? First of all, a, you know, there's a Jewish guy sitting here. I think that's I don't know. That's my perception. Is first of all, she she's shocked. Like, why are you talking to me? First of all, you don't talk to women, period, and here you're talking to a Samaritan woman. And I think, like you were saying, Pete, Jesus' perspective is I think he's trying to he's trying to teach us something that, well, two things. I think that nobody is too far gone for Jesus, and and that we should do what you said. We shouldn't. This isn't Christianity. Isn't for this certain group of people, right? It's for everybody. And I think that's. I think that's what he's trying to show us. He's like, by going to the person that we would least go to, he's demonstrating that we need to go to everybody. So, Mother Teresa says, if you judge people, you have, if you judge people, you have no time to love them. Wow. Mic drop. 
Wow, he's right. Simple. I uh, I wanted to make a point here. You know, the world uh, pushes us to the point that we want to know people's junk so that we can make ourselves feel better mm. and put ourselves over top of them. What Jesus was doing here, he was revealing her junk so that he could elevate her up. He was the so ultimate good. servant. And he, he, there is no one that he put below him. And, and that's what this part of this, this passage is all about is he wanted to elevate and bring everyone is welcome to his kingdom. See, the, the world pushes people down and so that they can be above them. But Jesus and his kingdom elevates people. He makes you a child of the king so that you have value. So yeah. that, man, what a difference. What a countercultural difference of how Jesus had to go to meet with this woman. Yeah. Wow. That's good. That could be another reason he sent the disciples away. So that she wasn't feeling small. Yeah. That gave him the ability, yeah. gave Jesus the ability yeah. to, to raise so her up. Yeah. And, and then right after that's done, they come back into the picture. Mm -hmm. Wow. So here's the, so let's go into the next journey. Yeah. So the process is, okay, she recognized he's a Jew. Okay, I heard about you. You know, I, I get your thing. And then the next one is that he's greater than Jacob. So now I think, okay, maybe you're important. Maybe, you know, maybe what you're saying has importance here. There's something more to you, you know, so tell me more. So let's go ahead and read that 11 through 15 and find out that, you know, that Jesus is greater than Jacob. Here. Perfect. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become, will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will, be, so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Yeah, and again, again, she takes it like um, literal. Yeah, you know, we did a show on that. Well, physical. Back. She's yeah, taking physical. it physical. He's yeah. Jesus is talking in the spiritual realm. That's it. And she's taking it as a, as a literal, literal, literally drinking the water. I mean, I can imagine. So again, that's why Jesus says, "I, you know, John seventeen. He goes, I know who are mine. You know, I know my child. I know who's who's going to hear me. Who's going to know me? And and he knows you. And he knows the Samaritan would know him." But, but it sometimes takes a little bit of time. Sometimes our bad habits are in the way. Sometimes our preconceived ideas of things are in the way. And it takes Jesus a little time to break through our hard shell. And, and so here he is with this nice and patiently working with this girl and he's loving on her, but he's sharing with her some truths. He's, he's given her a little bit of a tidbit, a little bit to work on and, and to help her eyes open, to be able to see the, you know, the grand magnitude of it all. You know, uh, one of the things I see happening right here is that Jesus is speaking to the heroin addict and he's saying, you you got to keep going back and back after you lose your high. Yeah. You have to keep, you know, throwing the bucket down to the bottom of this well and keep pulling it up. You got to keep coming back here as well. But there is something else available. There is something. There is a well. There is a bucket that will never run dry. 
and there is water where you'll never thirst again. There is an unquenchable thirst in all of us. And I think he's telling the woman that there's only one water that will quench your thirst. And uh, my goodness. Wow. I, and it, I, go ahead. Well, I was just saying there's also the contrast. He also knows that there's a hell. And he knows that when you're in hell, you're going to be thirsting. Yeah. And you're going to be wanting that thirst. And so he's he's basically saying, listen, I don't want you to go there. I love you. I care for you. And I want to give you this living water. I want to give you the water that's going to keep you out of hell. Hallelujah. I want to give you that so that you can have the freedom that I want to bless you with. So, Bob, what were you going to say? I don't remember. Well, <laughs> la- think about it, Bob. But, It'll come back to me. You know, Lazarus was, was begging just for a drop of right, water. Right. That's what Lazarus was begging for. And Jesus is saying, "I, you'll never thirst again if you drink of this water. Come on. Oh, I know what it was. So <laughs> I got it. Thank you. I brought it back. Barry was talking about, about a heroin addict. And, and I, it could be anything, guys. It could be, it, it could be alcoholism. It could be an addiction to porn. It could be an addiction to shopping or food. It, it could be... Um, workaholic. (laughs) I mean, it could be anything, anything you go for your satisfaction other than, other than Christ. So yeah, don't, I don't know. That's just came to mind when you, when you were saying that Barry. So that's good. But again, I, I love the process that's happened here. I love the, the under the underlining tone of the patience of Jesus with her. You know, here he is working with her. He's given her these truths. He's dropping some serious nuggets on her and she's like, okay, you know, and he's trying, he's working it and slowly, slowly, slowly her eyes are opening. I mean, he could just be like opening up a can Fire of hose. butt on her and just booming it, but he's slowly Captain Invincible. I, I am so grateful for Jesus being patient with yeah. me. And, and sometimes Amen. it just takes us some time. And so here's this girl and he's just working her. He's just working it out nice and slow, dropping some serious nuggets and he's walking her through the process. So let's go to the next one. So yeah, so this is 16 cr- through 24. Yeah, so this is crazy what he does next. So yeah, we'll start at 16, but back up to 15 a little bit. This is where she asks for the water, right? Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty and have to come here to draw water again. And what does Jesus do? He says... Go call your husband and yeah, come here. Yeah, this is the mic drop. Right? Boom. All right. All right so, I mean, it's like, wait, you asked her to ask for the water. She asked for the water, and then he tells her to go call your <laughs> husband. It's just, she just checked her email. Like, what my a, email's what been hacked. right? So, Jesus says to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, um, I have no husband. I threw in the um part. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now... The one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers... Uh, wait, wait, stop there, right? Stop at 19? No, keep going. Keep go, going? Go, yeah, all right. go all the way to 24. So, yeah, because this is good, because this is kind of her response yeah. to, to her sin. Her response yeah. is religion. Yeah. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say, that in, you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman... Believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must, not can, may, must worship him in spirit and truth. 
Wow. How often are those, that, those verses or that verse alone is, is spoke about in church. But again, what I'm seeing here is, um, you know, I'm, Jesus meets me where I'm at. You know, he starts talking to me. I start working through my salvation. I'm working through what's being said or trying to understand this. And then all of a sudden he just reveals my sin to me. Right. He but, just, he just says, but he doesn't in a way I, he's not trying to condemn her. No. It's, he's trying to prove who he is. Very lovingly, yeah. very kindly. Anything that God does, it's always gentle. It's always done with class. It's always done above reproach. And again, that's something we got to learn from that. If we're talking to people or sharing things with people, so good. we're going in gentleness and in kindness and in love. But when Jesus reveals this to us, when he, when he brings it to our forefront, we have two options. Either one... We like brush it off and just continue on and, and reject it. Or two, we do what she did. She's like, whoa, this is big time. This is okay. What is going on here? Okay. You're like, you're like bigger than Jacob and you're like, like the bomb jiggity dong Jew. You're no, like, wait, wait, what time up? Whatever what? it is. You're just like some serious big stuff right now. And I am I like, what? is going on right so he knows so Man, she's you guys teach me so much <laughs> i mean so many words so many things but spell you know, that you know what we try to do pete and bob is we try to get people to be religious yeah and we 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 focus on well you're not doing this you're not going to church you're not reading your bible you're not praying mm-hmm. and what what did jesus do he said deal with the mess of your life mm-hmm. He confronts her with her sin, and he fixes it. He he tells her how you, you can fix it. He helps her fix it instead of instead of no, you got to do this. This has got to be your fix. You got to come up with a way to do this. We we try to make people spiritual, and and we try to get them to be religious, and we try to get them to do all these things. But what Jesus did, he asked, you know what what is causing this hole in your life that you're trying to fill it's it's people uh, having symptoms of a wounded heart and trying to use the things of the world of sin to comfort themselves and revealing that i mean that is just so blaring here again we come face to face with jesus we will be convicted of sin yes and the only way to receive the living water the only way to receive salvation the only way to enter into god's presence is we have to repent and we have to recognize that what we are doing, the way that we are living is not the very best way and that Jesus only offers the very best way. And that is what he's telling this lady. I have the very best way. What you've been searching for, what you've been looking for is not, but what I am offering you is going to get you out of hell. It's and it's going to keep your thirst quenched I mean, it's not, you know, you're going to be able to get it free from that and, and you're going to be able to live abundant life. Go ahead. All right. Um, last one. Um, Jesus wanted her to understand who to worship. He is the only one that can bring all people and religions together. But we also need to know that salvation only comes through with that salvation only comes through the Jews. That is a whole nother thing. And, and I'm actually in the process of writing a book based off a lot of this context because available soon on oh, no. wherever you late, buy late summer. Yeah, yeah, late summer. All right. So let's read verses 25 through 30. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. How did she know that? He who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, 
I who speak, or I who speak to you am he. It's kind of like he used what, isn't that what God said to, to, to Moses, I am? Well, one of the translations, this one doesn't have that, but one of the translations does say that I am. I am. Yeah, it All does right. say that. Just then his disciples came back. There they are, back from Chick-fil-A. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, who do you seek, or what do you seek, or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. You know, I was thinking, because they did when they went to Chick-fil-A, God like timed it perfectly. So perfectly. He, he probably like put enough people in line ahead of time. <laughs> now you're now you're getting too deep into the weeds. And he, well, I mean, seriously, because but he they did come time back, it. it was a perfect they're timing. They're coming back right at the end. That's right. So he that's what I'm saying. So he did like this whatever thing, and then they went and they then they come back. And yeah. There it is. So right. if they're there when he's sharing her sin, uh, you know, I don't know that she's as receptive, right? The walls go up, and right. I'm like in protective mode. Here they are to attack me. But they but they're hearing the confession. But there is no. They're hearing. They're hearing her. Oh yeah, that's where it says they they show up right as she's doing it. So they're seeing the final stages of her repentant heart. They're seeing that. Wait a minute. She came in contact with Jesus. Guess what happened? She was changed. She was changed. So we bring people to Jesus. Guess what happens? They change. We now us personally. We bring people to Jesus. What happens? We change too. They we change. They change. That's right. That's that's the common denominator. What happens? That's good. That's what's. That's what she. That's what he. He, he timed perfectly Chick-fil-A's line so that they can be receiving and seeing. You know, uh, I, I can't get away from the, the statement in verse 26. And it's on the curtails of him saying, well, either you, you worship on this mountain or you worship in Jerusalem. But here's the heart of God. God wants worshipers that worship him with spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. And you know what? She didn't know the truth. She didn't know the truth of who she was speaking with, and he reveals himself to her. She, he, she says, well, I know that there's one that's supposed to come and, and reveal all things to us. He, he is the Messiah. And what an incredible statement Jesus said. Well, I've come. Hmm. I'm he. My goodness. That's the truth. And when you receive that truth, you receive the spirit. And that is how you can worship truly. It's the truth of who Jesus Christ is as the Messiah, the one sent from God, anointed by God, the anointed one sent from God to die on the cross, to be buried and and raised again, that he is the one, the true, the way, the truth, and the life. And then by receiving him, you receive his spirit. That is how we can truly worship God. And that's the only way. That's good news. It is. It is good news. And and here's the thing. Another thing is it's only Jesus that can reveal the secrets of your heart. He's the one. There's, there, there, I don't care what anybody else tries to do. They, they're not going to be able to hit you where Jesus can hit you. He's the one that transforms you. He's the one that can look you. And when you come face it, you say, God, I, I don't know what else to do, God. My life is at the end of its ropes. Lord, I have no more hope. I'm depressed. My Everything is messed up. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm sure that's what she felt. Yeah. He's at the end of her ropes here. I'm sure she's like, man, I always have to come at noon. And I can't, it's all hot of the day. And I got to do this. And nobody likes me or whatever it is. They're at the end of her ropes. And Jesus met her. Jesus, if you were a child of God, Jesus was going to meet you. 
You are going to come face to face with him. And he is going to be the one that's going to reveal the secret things of your life. He's going to be the one that says, listen, I know this is happening, but I'm going to set you free from it. I know this is happening, but I'm going to heal you of it. I know this is happening, but I'm going to bring you truth and life for a purpose and give you, give you direction in, in your next steps and so forth. And, and that's exactly what happened. The next steps for her was she drops the jars and she runs back and tells everybody about Jesus. And he's telling that to us. He's telling us to drop the jars, drop the weight of your life, drop the, the bondage and the burdens of your life and go tell somebody about him. Go tell somebody about what he's done, what he said to you, how he set you free, how he's relieved you of all of those burdens and how you have that joy and that peace in your life. Barry, if people are out there and they haven't heard the word or they don't know Jesus or so forth and they have these burdens, are they like this Samaritan woman? Talk to those people. Uh, you are not beyond God's love and forgiveness. No, I, no matter where you're from, no matter what you've done, no matter what your background is, no matter what, uh, you you uh, you have worshipped Satan. No matter what, God loves you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, and He still wants you, and He wants a relationship with you. And He proved it in this passage that He was willing to do whatever it takes. He was willing to forgive whatever it takes. And you know what? God does forgive your sin and he holds you accountable no more for it. He puts it on himself. Come on now. He, he absorbs the wrath of God on your behalf on the cross. That's what the cross is all about. It's about God uh, bearing the sins of the world. And you know what he says to us? And he says to you, come to me. Come to me. Humble yourself. Bow down and let me take your, your, your sin, your pride, your wounds, your abuse upon me. And I, I just want you to know today that he's willing to do whatever it takes. But you must worship him in truth and Amen. spirit. You must acknowledge that he is the son of God that he died on the cross, that he was buried and he rose again, and that he is the Messiah. And you must repent of your sin, that you have offended a holy God and that you're not holy, and that only one way to be accepted into the kingdom of God and heaven is through the blood of Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to ask you to do three things. Admit that you're a sinner. Put your belief, trust, and faith in Jesus alone as the Son of God, died on the cross, buried, and rose again three days later. And lastly, commit your entire life and being to him. Would you do that with me, friend, by praying this prayer? Dear God, I am a sinner, and I'm ashamed of my sin. And Lord, I just know that that has offended you. I have chosen to go my way, not your way, and I am sorry. Please forgive me. Today, as I'm confronted with my sin, I turn away from it, and I turn to you. And I turn to your son, Jesus. I believe, and I receive Jesus as the son of God, as the one who died on the cross, who was buried and rose again the third day, and as the only atonement payment for my sin. 
Jesus, because I believe you're alive, I invite you to sit on the throne of my life, to come into my life and rule over me. Take this man, this woman, this heart, and, and rule, lead, guide, and direct. I give you my all and my everything right now. I ask that you'll save me and help me to tell others like the Samaritan woman and to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, it's, uh, if we if you did give your life to the Lord, we would love to hear from you. You can go ahead and go on to our, our, our website, riotpodcast.co. Go to the top, No Gods, click on that button and, and fill out that information, letting us know that you gave your life to the Lord. And we would love to get in contact with you, get, you, get connected with you, and get you hooked up. Um, you know, just what an awesome show. I mean, there was just two parts. I mean, one is, is, you know, God meeting us and talking to us as a sinner and as a Samaritan, and then us, us learning from Jesus and doing the same and going and talking to other people and, and just learning that. And it was awesome. You know, Bob, today, today's sponsor was Chick-fil-A. And so I wonder if we're going to get some free, <laughs> some free stuff that we talked about them today, right? Number one was sweet tea. Yeah. I don't like sweet tea, but yeah, I like their cookies. Yummy. Oh yeah, th- th- this was fun, guys. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, would you go ahead and go ahead and click that subscribe button, click that little bell right off to the right there, and uh, you'll be notified every Thursday when a new podcast gets released. What is what, number seventy-two? Is that what this I is? I think it's a lot. Crazy. Yeah, it is. Crazy. That's crazy. But so you don't want to miss a show. So click the bell and you'll be notified as soon as we get it. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, wherever you download your podcast, that's awesome. But uh, visit our visit our Facebook page. Tell us where you're listening to us from and do us a favor. Like the Samaritan woman, go tell somebody. Just share it. Just share the podcast with a friend. And uh, man, we would really appreciate that. And I'm sure they will too. So we love you guys. What an amazing show. Thank you guys. It's so it's it's awesome having the three three of us together on the show yeah. today and uh, love the flow could, man, could I take one more minute welcome yeah. to spring yeah of course uh, Pete is that okay with you no absolutely and producer Miss Christine that's okay he got a head nod hey uh, I got a nod um, guys I just want to say to you uh, Americans and people from all over the world are listening to this um, God is opening up doors for Riot Podcast and uh there are places we'd like to be. There's things ministry-wise that this this company, I only get to come here about once a month now, but this organization called Riot Podcast has financial needs that you can meet. Mm. I, I just really felt quickened by the Spirit that there's someone listening to this that has the potential to write a meaningful check that would really impact the ministry of Riot Podcast. And I just want to confirm that there's a need there if the Lord lays that on your heart, don't hesitate because it would, it would go towards ministry and it would make a big difference. And, and I'm only saying this, not because I get anything out of it. I just believe in this ministry and, and I know that there's financial needs that need to be communicated. And so I just leave that there. Sorry to interrupt the conclusion no, of my, awesome. my, our show here. And it's always an honor to be on here with these men of Amen. God. Quick testimony. We put out uh, two weeks ago or three or about a month ago that we needed 50 goats for that's right. for this pastor because one of the we're sponsoring this pastor that's in Rwanda. And we got the money. We got funded for these goats. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That is so, so cool. So God is good. See, yes. so he's listening. Yeah. All right, Amen. See, 
for those who listen and respond, God uses you in a mighty way. That's right. There's a pastor praying for goats that people. Yeah, that's Come it. on. That is so beautiful. That is. That's Be awesome. Blessed. Have a great week, guys. This has been the Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the Riot Podcast.